This week on the audio podcast, episode 79, Wibbly Shudder Wobble. There's a major update. There's another major update. There's a minor update, but there is no logic update. Sam is missing in action, and there's an opportunity to see if you can see Scott and Sam as they attend events this week. All that, plunder, and Adam Yanch is here once more. It's this week on the audio podcast. Do it. Monday, the 19th of November. That makes it time for the audio podcast. Hooray! Go audio podcast. This is episode 79, Wibbly Wobbly Shutter. Um, I'm Scott. This week I'm joined by... Adam Yanch. Hello, Adam. How are you? I'm okay. I'm just trying to... Hold on. There we go. I I wanted to turn down the brightness on the iPad because it was lighting my face up in a weird way on the video stream. And, of course, remember, everyone, uh, we've been running the YouTube video stream for the audio podcast for quite a few weeks now. Um, It's it's an interesting little addition to the, the podcasting kind of situation, but, of course, you can still get the audio the audio podcast in audio and you can get it in video from youtube don't forget as well you can catch our notes at the audiopodcast.co.uk and you can follow us on twitter the audio podcast there you go in, indeed so so this is a uh, show 79 and i guess it's time to get straight into the news Pretty. yeah yeah now can i just ask you yes. does the title of t- of today's show have you have you told everyone what today's show title is uh, wibbly shutter wobble and and why is that is that to do with the first it's a combination story? of the first and the final item the very final one i think the so final one in the news no the the second from last plunder item which is also the first plunder item Yes, yeah, so it's a combination of the first <laughs> news and the first plunder item. Wibbly, shutter, wobble. Okay, well, let's get on with the first news item. Camera sounds. Yeah, so Sonic Salute have released a sound effects library of, uh, of 90 sound files of camera noises generated by cameras produced between 1960 and 2010, including Way. shutters, flash charges, winders, and obviously the flash discharges. I now, thought it was cool. Well, I mean, you and I are both very interested in photography, so I imagine they uh, they take a, a a wide range of things. I mean, you're talking seventy years, sixty, seventy years worth of camera technology there. So it'll go easily from your analog through to your digital SLRs. Yeah. Uh, what other kind of range have we got? Have we got like compacts and those little one three fives and Polaroids and things like that? Yeah, it's a it's a very broad stretch here. Let's see, look at there is a um. I just go and get the track list here, and we can can have a look here. Um, oh yeah, there's loads of stuff so all the way from Canon 500Ns, EOS 5D Mark IIs, Mark oh no, it's a Mark III they've got in there. Uh, what else have they got? I'm a I'm a Nikon user. Uh, so let's see what they got Nikon wise. Uh, D three hundreds. I have a. I have a D two hundred. So so much on an F five hundred one. Do they have oh, an Olympus OM thirty? Not an OM thirty, but they do have an OM ten. Oh, that'll do. That's close enough. It's, that, that's thought, my baby. The moment I saw that, I thought you would be. You'd be keen to hear about it. Yeah. 
So that's very, you know, it's a, it's a nice collection. The, these things always um, fascinate me, the, the, the way that people build these sound libraries and the use of them. And I guess for people who are really, really knowledgeable about these, these kind of things, inaccuracies must be incredibly frustrating. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they they watch a, a detective crime drama where the 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 photographer's taking pictures of the bloody corpse, and they just can't get into the actual action of what's happening because they can see a Nikon camera there on the screen, but no, it's actually a Canon that that they can hear, and it yeah. just takes them out of the scene. It must be terrible. <laughs> So, if you're, um, you know, if you're focus in, really interested in these things, or it sounds like it's suitable, um, the Sonic Salute have the library available now. You can actually listen to um, to a demo of every single sound if you want to, um, as a, as a demo piece. Though they have put some noise underneath it, so you know what I mean. So, if you want the full quality version, or if you want to use it, then you need to make a purchase on it. But nonetheless, you know, I thought that was a, an interesting kind of quirky sound effect library, and it's been a while since we've really talked about one in detail. So That's I thought true. it was a good idea to, you know, yeah. Whack one in. Good Whack idea. Whack one in. Get now, it. I think we've got uh, some big news from one particular company this week, haven't we? Some... Because we have some Steinberg news, basically. Oh, yes. So Steinberg have got two big items, two, two big announcements. So um, shall we, shall we do... The first, well, there's, well, let's just do them in the order. They're well, in. they're, they're basically linked almost. They're linked at the hip because it's to do with Nuendo and Cubase, which are siblings. Or would yeah. you class them? I'd class them as siblings. The bigger brother, the little brother, um, or the bigger sister, little sister, uh, Nuendo and Cubase. Yeah. And both are receiving significant updates are these like like big updates yeah the, these are version number changes these are okay. these are major version number changes here so uh it's nuendo 6 and cubase 7 now there's two little bits of detail we probably need to get right here uh, cubase 7 and cubase artist 7 which is the reduced version of cubase 7 they're due for release on december the 5th nuendo the new version of nuendo is due sometime q1 2013 so, this is an advanced announcement of Nuendo is on its way, and a definite announcement of Cubase can be yours on December the 5th, 2012. And of course, Nuendo has more features, particularly regarding things like multi-channel support for film and more film features. But um, having a look through both of the sets of details, which of course you can click through from the notes to see details of these new versions. Taking a look at both of them, I think there's a general, it's like they both get the same bunch of updates, but Nuendo gets some more because it's the bigger package, including what every DAW is now getting, which is a channel strip plugin, which looks pretty, the, the Steinberg one looks pretty comprehensive. It starts with a noise gate, and then it goes all the way through everything, uh, your compressors, EQs, and that kind of thing. Um, and it's all put into this new, what looks to me like a new mixing desk type UI. Um, it's a shame that Sam's not with us, actually, because he's the Cubase guy. I was going to ask him about what he thought about it. 
Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, it, there is a new mixing a, a new mixing console which has got a, a version of that put into Cubase, and obviously there's a lot of development in Nuendo. Obviously, they're going to share development team or crossover to an extent, aren't they? I think when you were when you were comparing them against each other though, and the features in these new releases, I think the one thing that a lot of people maybe forget though is that Cubase is traditionally a little bit more creative orientated than say uh, Nuendo. So um, Nuendo right. has more of a Pro Tool, more of a kind of Pro Tools lineage in terms of audio production, in you know in terms of mastering and that kind of kind of recording sort of practice rather than the kind of creative. Cubase logic sort of route. So that's right, and that that shows up in Cubase Seven actually getting some new songwriting type um, upgrades. So things like the new chord tracker uh, for uh, composition assistance, which doesn't get mentioned in the Nuendo update, probably because it's not going to be in Nuendo. So there's still it's not like Nuendo is like the be all, all and end all of Steinberg. Uh, Steinberg's products and Cubase is a cut-down version. It's still that they they kind of overlap significantly, but have also niche niches covered, individual niches covered. So you wouldn't necessarily do all your work in Nuendo if you're writing songs, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the right tool for the right job, isn't it? Which is, you know, I've been saying that a lot recently, actually. So. So something which I didn't have an opportunity to really read about, um, though I think we... Well, I was actually shocked that we hadn't mentioned Cubase 7 earlier, but then I looked around and realized that there wasn't a lot of pre-release material, actually, so pre-announcement material about, so it wasn't. I thought we didn't pick it up. But um, there is also a, in Cubase 7 VST Connect SE, which apparently allows you to record over, over the network, over the internet, Ooh. which I think okay. is pretty exciting. Excellent, excellent. So that's going to be the next, uh, the next big area to go into. It seems that that maybe there seems there seems to be a lot of DAWs tend to do this thing. It was the same with uh, you, you know that the the freeze functionality, which I think came in Logic first. Yeah, and then everyone, all the other DAWs basically copied the same idea. It's happened with channel strict plugins. It's happening with other things, and it's, you know, they they really do kind of follow each other. But it's okay because really each is tribal. DAW use is tribal. You you don't jump DAW unless you have a bloody good reason to. That's very true, and it's also it's also nice that it means you don't really need to jump as well, isn't it? Because you can just. You know, if if a really cool feature arrives in something that you don't use, you can be fairly certain it's going to turn up in the reasonably near future, ready. You know, unless you're anyway. using logic. Yes, that's a bit unfair. A bit unfair, but I've noticed that all the major DAWs apart from Logic have had a major update recently, yeah. and Logic is hasn't been updated, and it it seems hard to find any information about it. You know that I think there was a little buzz around when uh, Final Cut was released, Final Cut Pro 10. Well, and 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 the buzz at that point was, please don't kill Logic, wasn't it? <laughs> but really, what's happened is Logic Logic Nine is still the current version, and it keeps going. And you know, it could be another year before we know anything about it. Anyway, that's possible future news, and and nothing we can really. 
go into now. What we can go into is no, don't segue, don't segue. Oh, don't segue. But I'll let I'll let you segue in a minute. The um the, the final thing we need to mention is just the grace periods on Cubase and Uendo. So oh, yeah. yes, for, yes, for yes. the update. So if you're on Cubase 6.5 or Cubase Artist 6.5 and you registered since October the 25th, then you get a free. Uh, you'll, you'll be able to get a free download to seven. And likewise, from November the 14th onwards, if you're previously used a, an earlier version of Nuendo, a qualifying earlier version of Nuendo, then you'll be able to upgrade to Nuendo 6. And both of those, anyone listening now, if you buy either of those now products now, you're covered. So that's fine. Yeah. So I'll do my segue now. I can't oh, remember where I, I was. Segue uh, now. I'm going to segue now into Manchester UK Max Meetup. It seems that uh, Manchester's quite a, a hub for um, for kind of Cody hacky stuff at the moment because we were at Hack Manchester a few weeks ago and yeah. did the, the live, the 24-hour live podcast feed, something I will never forget. <laughs> um, let, uh, the, there have been some other things in Leicester, the, the Ableton thing. That's, that's coming, this coming Saturday. Um, the M4U. Thing that we went to in February, uh, but Manchester is also it seems to be quite a, a, a decent hub for this kind of thing. And now they're offering a Maximus P meetup. Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about the the group behind it? No, I, I don't at all. Um, I, I should probably probably put a caveat on the, the fact that I've actually moved to Manchester. So as a consequence, I I'm, I'm a little I'm paying a little bit more attention to. To, to things in Manchester at the moment, but certainly this is a 21st November at Mad Lab, which is up in the Northern Quarter. Um, I'm planning on going after work. I'm, I'm going to head up after work and go check it out, and um, I'll probably have a report for Audio Podcast next week about how it went. And I think th- I don't know if this is related to the cycling drive, but cycling have been having a little bit of a push behind there being kind of max user groups. So I, I don't know if this is part of their push or part of a related thing or not. But I just you know. I thought it'd be an interesting little, an interesting thing to go along and check out, and you know, should be word, word. Well, if, you, if you come across a Bristol one, let me know. If I come across a Bristol run one, I'll let you know. Yeah, for sure, and we can get it here. And if you're part of, um, you know, if you run a, if you run a Max group or a PD group or a Super Collider group or a Chuck group or an Ableton group or a Pro Tools group or a Logic group or an any, you know, anything audio related, then let us know here at the Audio Podcast. And uh, we're more than happy to plug it, or we'd, you know, or maybe even be able to organise an interview if we think there's some kind of something that might be worth discussing. So that's kind it's of cool. It's true. It's true. Uh, back to updates now, Scott. Well, you know how, you know, you know how we've just had those big Cubase new Endo updates. So they're major updates here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know that it was too much to ask for Logic to have had a major upgrade, or even a minor upgrade. But DP has had a minor update. To 8.01. Yeah. Now, this is a classic example of Motu, and the one thing I dislike about Motu. I could find no information about what the minor update to 8.01 actually did, other than download it. Once you've downloaded it, uncompress it, and once you've uncompressed it, read the readme. So, unfortunately, there is no Scott highlight of this minor release because I just couldn't be bothered to log into the site, to go find the download, to download, to, you know, to go see if I even was allowed to download the update file, to un- 
to you know unpack it to read the readme. So that's, the that's why there that, is no highlight. That's the thing. The probably the thing that most annoys me about Motu is the fact that you have to log into their website to download stuff, even like manuals. And it's yeah. like, why should you have to to log in to do that? You know, I could just get a free login and download a manual. So it's not like you're stopping me from downloading something that I should be paying for. Why don't you just have a lot of this stuff? Maybe not for the big stuff, like big downloads. But if you just want to go online just to get a a manual for some simple thing. Oh, it's just, I I don't know what my password is for that, you know, for Motu. It's it's not something I I log into very often. So you have to go through your email, find it, realize that the, you don't know what it is. Then you have to go in and try lots of different passwords <laughs> until maybe one of them works. And if it doesn't, then you've got to go through the re-password mechanism. That's the one one thing that bugs me about Motu is uh, as you know, it's a website related thing, kind of like the the NI website, which is annoying as well but in a different way. If I had a cent for every time I'd mistyped my password on the Motu login site, I would be earning slightly more than my streams being paid than I do for having a stream paid. Nice, nice. Which brings me to an article by Pitchfork this week. Uh, Damon Kowalski. Kowalski? Kowalski. There we go. As Um, As it's written here. About his online about online streaming royalties. So I'm going to, I I picked out two highlights, and then I don't know if you've had opportunity to look through the article, Adam, or not. But we can we can chat. Uh, about I haven't one. because um, again I was on my lunch break, so I was when I went through. So I kind of looked at certain things in detail. The one thing I I don't know what the the argument. I I can only guess what the argument of the article is, which is basically that trying to earn money from music on Pandora requires you to have a huge number of plays to to get because it's you must get such a meager amount of money from it and is it yes. the, kind of the same with Spotify yes so um to give you an idea the the highlights i put out the article here um it would take songwriting royalties for roughly 300 and uh, man i can't just i can't just cannot read 312,000 plays on Pandora to earn the profit of one LP sale. And then a close second, a thousand singles in 1988 gave us the earning potential of more than 13 million streams in 2012. Now, I would like, I mean, basically, these quotes paint a picture. I would like to kind of de-bias these quotes because they're yeah, they're right. still they still put out a point. The problem I have is that a stream you can we're talking about three hundred and twelve thousand plays on Pandora, right? But then you're also talking about one LP. But you can get multiple plays from an LP, whereas I, I know it doesn't make up the difference, yeah. uh, but it's not a it's not a completely smooth uh, comparison. So, you know, saying oh, pressing one thousand singles in nineteen eighty eight gives you the earning potential of thirteen million streams. That doesn't mean you have to have thirteen million separate streams. It's just the number of playbacks. 
And of course, you know, fine. If you take a thousand, that would have to be, uh, what's that, 13,000 plays of each single, effectively. So, yes, the numbers are still skewed in the wrong direction. Mm. But just to highlight yeah. that com- the, the comparisons that they're using are a little bit mis- uh, misleading. Well, that's, yeah, I'm saying that's certainly, that's certainly very true. And I think the, the other thing that struck me about it is the fact that under the previous LP kind of CD models, people would buy a CD, listen to it, and then there was the entire second-hand CD market that existed as well. So, mm. you know, I mean, there's, there are lots of CDs that are being resold and, you know, and that kind of thing there. And really, artists don't see the proceedings of that, of that kind of resale. Whereas in this, in this kind of space, then everybody has to pay for it. Everybody has to buy it. You well, yeah, I mean... But think about it this way, right? This, the the internet is almost the perfect way to get something played. Would you prefer to to sell records or physical records or even just single downloads, which can be played an infinite number of times potentially, or would you like to be paid for each playback you get on a stream? You know, I mean, it's it's one or the other. If if you're not known very well, you want to go for the selling single yeah. units and if you thought this thing was going to get played significantly then you might want to go for the streaming option but you, you don't even have to have one or the other have both use pandora as a as a method of building up hype because people still buy music you know mm. and people still buy physical music lps cd's and things like that I, I, I don't know. I, I take these kinds of articles with a pinch of salt because in the end, the music industry is still running and people yeah. are still making a living from the music industry. So it's not like Spotify and Pandora are threatening to destroy everything about the music industry and once that's happened, then there's not going to be any music ever again because of Pandora and Spotify. Yeah, I think I'm saying to to finish off the article, really, just for completeness, at at the very end, he actually says that, um, you know, he got in, he got into recording, he got into music and recording through punk rock. And in actual fact, he's kind of returned back to those roots. And as a consequence, you can get all of the recordings for free off Bandcamp. Anyway, so in many ways, he'd rather enjoy the goodwill of having given it away and the goodwill that nature's with your kind of with a, you know, with the with the listener, rather enjoy that than the kind of meager payout that you get from the streaming services. And yeah. his final observation, which I agree with, well, I, I think is an interesting point, is that all of the companies involved, Pandora and Spotify, n- neither of them actually made a profit ever. So they're, they're two loss-making businesses. So if you're paying so little money to the artists that whose music you're streaming and you're still not making any money, there is a fundamental problem in terms of sustainability of these kind of services. And I think that's an interesting, interesting observation. Mm. Well, we'll so. see how uh, Pandora and Spotify get on. And of course there are rumors that Apple are interested in that space as well, though, We'll see. We'll see about that. There was that big hurrah, wasn't there, when because Amazon launched their service and Google Music as well appeared, and and everything just kind of fizzled out a little bit, didn't it? Really, after that, I think. 
Well, maybe it's just kind of rolling on and it's just there's no big news or well, maybe they're just not being picked up in the same way. Mm. Who knows? I'm sure Who we'll knows? cover I'm sure we'll cover it in a future audio podcast episode. So uh let's move on, shall we, Scott? I have to admit the next one I have not read either. Well that's I, I read this last week. Um I think this was an item that I almost put in this week last week's show and bumped and and there we go. Um why distant music sounds wrong. Di- that's dissonant, not distant. Dissonant, yes. Yeah. So the the most interesting thing that I got oh so this is an article from Nature. You can it can have a read to it. The most interesting thing I found about it was that I didn't realise there were people who can't perceive pitch. I I, I just didn't realise that was a thing. Like I knew that I knew that there were people who were, you know, kind of tone deaf for want of a better phrase, but I didn't realise there were people who just don't actually hear pitch differences. And an interesting the the, the finding out of the article is the fact that um those people still perceive dissonance. So, so they, because I was just about to ask, does that mean that all music sounds the same to them? I, the the article doesn't doesn't mention any more about that. I and, I think it's the complexity, of course, is that pitch is only one part of <laughs> one aspect of music. It's not, you know, there are so many different other things: timbre, rhythm, all these kinds of things. So, I, I wonder if. I mean, obviously, the article must have dealt with with portioning those off and saying we're just going to deal with pitch. But um, yeah, interesting thing to to have researched, I'd say. Yeah, it's it's called Amusa. A M U S I A is the condition, which is an inability to distinguish between different musical tones. I'm quoting from the article there. Different musical tones. That's a bit ambiguous. Yeah. Does that mean timbre tone or does that mean pitch tone? Well, I presumed it was pitch as the rest of the article is a discussion about how n- most people presume that dissonance is due to, you, you know, dissonance is, is the perception of intervals which are dissonant, you know, like a, a minor second or something like that. Whereas it goes on to say that that's actually not the case. Like, that's not the case. It's, you know, well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. You know, we can talk about dissonance, and then we can talk about dubstep, Scott. Awesome. I, I don't mind dubstep. I salute I. you, Adam Yanch, for what is a spectacular uh, segue there. Fantastic stuff. Are, are you referring to the fact that there is a dubstep release for Spark? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am, he says. So, uh, Atoria have announced that the uh, Spark dubstep is now in existence, designed for dubstep production. From the blurb, perfect for putting together tomorrow's pure wobble and femic hits, or revisiting EDM and hip-hop stylings and dub steroids. I see. you well, got to get uh, to him, that is great blurb. Well, you, you, you get a good blurb writer, you, you could write good blurb all day that's what i've always said no i that's the first time i've ever said that but it holds true it holds true so we got a 30 cutting edge kits 480 instruments 960 midi drum patterns available as uh, rtas au or vst3 yeah 
So we come to the end of the news. Surely and, not. Well, we do, but what we do actually now come to is an interesting uh, seg- segment, which uh, we've been trialling for two or three weeks now. Yeah, I really quite like it, actually. This week on Twitter. <laughs> that might be trademarked by somebody else, actually, though. I don't know if it is. Yeah, this, that, that phrase. Yeah. How can you can't trademark that? How can you, how can you trademark that? No, no, but I mean that the, uh, I'm, I'm, I just mean that the, the phrase, the, the phrase this week in Twitter might, might, might have something like that. Anyway. Yeah, but I don't see how you could do that. That'd be like, like copywriting a, like a generic sentence and saying that no one can say that without paying us a royalty. I say we say it and then, and then they'll never hear it because they probably aren't going to listen to the audio podcast episode 79. In, in, that's fair enough. In, in which case, I will momentarily just say that if you, enjoy, uh, if you enjoy our audio tech coverage and would enjoy a more encompassing tech coverage, including all of the computing and mobile phone world, then uh, This Week in Technology, Twit, would be a podcast that you would really love, to, really love listening to, and it's on a Sunday night at 11 p.m. UK time. There we go. Yeah. So in case they in case in case we've I'm sure they'll be quite happy about that. So essentially what we do is we have a look through Twitter and just, you know, retweet things that we think are of interest and stuff that we kinda like the look of and stuff like that. Um Yeah. So that's it. That's maybe, what we we do. Should, maybe we should call it twat. <laughs> so we're getting dangerously close to another word, which we can't say. Um, so what, what, one of the things I'm just going. I'm just going forward now, Adam. Well, one yeah, of the that's things what I was hoping you're going to do. Yeah. Well, one of the <laughs> things I love the most about doing this is the way that we don't actually have to read all of the articles. We can we can just kind of like you know go away. So uh, according to Mixmag, Sonar is moving to Iceland. Sonar? You mean the people who make Cakewalk or uh, made Cakewalk? Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean. Do, no, wait, hold on. Sonar is the name of the DAW. What's the name of the company? Cakewalk. No, 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 but the the name Cakewalk has been used by Roland for something else recently. Yeah, because didn't they buy it as well? I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but that's uh, the Sonar is one DAW that we never talk about. Even when we're listing DAWs, we just completely forget to mention it. I think it's actually it's a completely different sonar as well, so that's even funnier. Oh, <laughs> I suppose it is. Anyway, PureMix Online. Uh, well, PureMix have a, a parallel compression to get punchy drums, so that's actually a worthwhile little kind of a tutorial, which is actually worth looking at. So that's kind of fun, you know. I like that. Of course, you can't have this, do you? You don't have this. Do you, do you have the feed there, Adam? No, I don't know if you do. No, I can't get it. I can't get it. Because oh, right. these, are the, these are the um, people that the audio podcast Twitter account follows, yeah? Yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah no, I, I can't get that. That's fair enough. Uh, Cakewalk, uh, Cakewalk Inc., check out our new Cakewalk Mutant R3 Revolution store page. There you go. Okay. Just as we were talking about Cakewalk, we might as well link it, I think, there. Okay. <laughs> you don't think so? Anything else good? Just, well, it's, there's always kind of fun stuff. I, I think Personas made an announcement just before we came on air. And I'm just trying to see if I can find a tweet about it. Presonus? Uh, I think it was. Yeah. 
I I quite like Presonus. Yeah, I do too. Um, oh, I tell you, I don't know something that we're going to talk about next week. But have you um, Dolby Atmos? Have you heard about Dolby Atmos? Atmos. Mm, no, I no, haven't. Fair enough. If for anybody who listens to the show, watches the show, if you if you've had any experience with a Dolby Atmos system, then I'd really love to talk about it in the next couple of weeks on the show. It fascinates me. And I think with The Hobbit on release real soon, it would be cool to find out a little bit more about the Atmos system. It's the upgrade to the current Dolby surround systems. And it it's designed to include height information as well as actual kind of left-right width information in the kind of audio field. Oh, uh, one one tweet that I got, which isn't technically to do with music, but um, I'm going to say it anyway, is that... <laughs> MacOS 10.9 is su- supposedly going to feature Siri and the new Maps API. Ooh. So, yawn, yawn. And we can all get lost. What other iOS feature are they going to put into this other, into MacOS? And and just put it in wholesale and not actually think about how it might be better to implement it for MacOS. It'd be well, ace we'll if they got rid of we'll the keyboard. Out. The next set of like Mac Pros had no keys on the keyboard and instead just had like a... No, but Mac Pros don't have a keyboard. No, um, a MacBook Pro, so... <laughs> and, it's, and it's just a big touch surface. It's just a big screen like that, you know. Oh, uh, mod- electronic musician have module mania. How to shop for your first analog synth. I like that. That's a cool... I like that. Analog That's a cool synth. little thing. Yeah. Oh, can I, can I put in a... a a respect to my because yep. I, I also got a new synth recently which Ooh. you won't have picked up because I bought I bought it whilst I was offline um, the Roland Gaia SH01 virtual analog synth which is very nice fantastic nice um, let's come on Scott let's I, I think been, we've made it there yeah, well, I, I mean, I haven't most... been paying any attention, so... You haven't been paying any attention, <laughs> that's fine. Fantastic stuff. Okay, let's uh, do... Um... Okay, then. Uh, I was just getting into some more stuff that I was kind of interested in. Oh, it's all right, it's okay, I've stopped. You see, I've stopped. You should... we should make a little list of them as they go through the week, week. and okay. then just... And we can go through them quickly rather than scrolling through and having the gap. Anyway, uh, and then in the other section as well is... So it's this Saturday... I believe the yeah, yeah. Uh, Creative Technology Live um, in event Leicester. Yeah. in Leicester. Now uh, the, the the two guys we chatted to last week, yes, on the show they were going to be there. It's an Ableton show, Ableton Live show. Yeah, it's going to in, it's going to include it's going to include a uh, demonstration of the next version of Ableton Live as well. Ooh. At the end is of the that, day. Is that going to have Harker verb in it? Harker verb. <laughs> uh, just a little background on that. Uh, our good friend Alex Harker made verb. a reverb, a, a convolution reverb yeah, yeah. for Ableton, I believe. And I'm calling it Harker verb. No one else will know what I'm talking about, but uh, that's but what that I'm calling it. That is fantastic. And uh, the one thing um, about Creative Technology Live is that the audio podcast is going to be there. I won't be there, but Scott will. Is Sam going to be there? Yeah. Yes. 
Sam and okay. I are both going to be there. In actual fact, there's a slim chance I won't be there, but there is a certainty that Sam will be there. So excellent. So that's a I little unusual, but yes. Are, are, are we going to work um, dispatches from that into next week's show, or is it a live thing like Hack Manchester? Um, I don't think we're we're not planning on going live, but we can do if we choose to. So we might do. Um, more likely, we'll probably put together a little extra show, which will just have some stuff from it. We're, we'll probably cut it into the end of this, to the to the end of next week's show, though. But it'll be probably be available as a standalone as well at some point. So, sweet. That should be cool. I, I think it'd be really fun if you're there and you you're there. Feel free to come and see either Sam or I. Neither of us will be wearing our headphones, so we'll look a little bit different to what we normally look like. But you know, other than that, it'll be you know it'll be fine. Scott won't have two halves of the earth attached to the side of his head. <laughs> and with that devastating uh, assessment, let's head to the plunder. Oh, oh, So, um, just just before we uh, head into the plunder proper, I've got two little uh, mentions that I've been instructed to do. First of all, for our Americans there. Have 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 a happy Thanksgiving on the twenty second of November. Yeah. And, and for uh, Adam Yanch, who I should be correctly calling Doctor oh. Adam Yanch, I'd like oh. to extend uh, congratulations from the audio podcast team. Oh, oh, please, oh, thank, thank you very much, thank you very much. I graduated on Thursday last. Technically, I've been a doctor since August because that's when I got my piece of paper. But yes, I got to, I got to shake the hand of Big Stacks, Patrick Big Stacks Stewart. Um, it was fun and it was enjoyable to wear red robes and a cool hat instead of the normal robes and a flat black hat. Awesome. So into into the plunder, um, and it appears to be an advert for John Lewis. Yes. Um... It is clearly indicated under the plunder for people who who check out the website that this is as tenuous as it could ever get, but nonetheless, it's here. So um, it is this year's John Lewis Christmas advert with the Doctor reading his uh, introduction to the Weeping Angels from Blink over the top of it in description of the snowmen, which are part of the advert. Basically, you've got to watch it. it it's just really cool. And if you're if you're actually into Doctor Who, there is actually one of the Weeping Angel episodes on iPlayer right now this week as well. So it's all tied in nicely. It is cool. I don't, have you, I don't have you watch seen Doctor Who. Uh, no, I haven't seen the advert, and I don't watch Doctor Who, so I would not get the Weeping Angels reference or anything. I'd, I'd probably might recognise the Doctor because you can't really miss him. Mm. Fantastic. There you go. Cool. And we we do have one other piece of plunder. Now, this bit of plunder was actually bumped from last week and possibly even from the week before, actually. So I think I'm going to mention it, though I'm aware that we've been on quite a while now, actually. So I don't know. Let's go through it quickly and go through the the item of plunder that couldn't, but that now will. So let's go, Scott. Traveling and working, ProTooler blog. ProTooler blog have a, an article about plugins for traveling and I, I didn't really buy the premise of the of the article because the premise of the article was about setting up your rig setting up your plugins to go away on to go away for traveling 
And I was just thinking, well, you just install all your plugins, surely, and leave. It's, you know, that's what that is. But then it made me think about the practicalities of working while traveling and the kind of audio things you have to take and how to transport them. And it was really just a, a kind of query for, you know, for suggestions from listeners or things like that as to things that maybe are indispensable or even good ways of transporting things. Um, that's been something that's been puzzling, that's puzzled me for a while. Um, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, you know, I prefer to cycle. I'm a big public transport user. I prefer all those things to driving cars. So as a consequence, it's a challenge that I deal with all the time. I'm, and I'm, I was just interested as to what kind of thoughts people had or what suggestions people might have about how to, you know, how to transport equipment. Or if you're traveling really light, what is the equipment you really should take with you? What are the most essential things to have? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, regarding plugins, I suppose, yeah, install them all. But what about something like a contact player or a big sample library or something like that? And you might not be able to take all of those files with you because they're gigs and gigs and gigs big. So, you know, there are still things to think about in the software realm as well. And then, yeah, then you've got to think about, okay, I'm probably going to be wearing headphones, so... Um, what I would probably do is do work that didn't require a, a, a monitor speakers mm. and have it on headphones and then... Because you, you can't tailor your plugins that much, can you? No, well, that, that's why I didn't really buy the premise of the, of, of the article. I, I would agree entirely that, you know, traveling is a good time for compositional ideas, for sketching ideas, for for arrangement work perhaps, and even for some kind of the beginnings of some mixing. But you wouldn't really want to finish, you know, you wouldn't want to finish a mix or do a lot of work on a mix on a pair of headphones in a noisy environment, you know, in terms of getting a high standard product. So So that is, uh, if you head head to our um, TAP website... (laughs) If you head to the the audio podcast website, theaudiopodcast.co.uk, you can actually get the link for that um, thing. Sorry, Scott, my brain is kind of disconnecting now, so it's probably good we've come to the end um, about traveling and working with Pro Tools, which, of course, you know, you probably couldn't really do Pro Tools traveling before the latest version came out anyway because you needed to have hardware pretty much the whole time. Anyway, well, that's uh, true. That was what the Mbox was about, wasn't it? Yeah, and that little one, that little one that was just a USB stick with a oh, headphone right, yeah. on it, uh, which was basically just a glorified dongle. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> that, along with all of the other show notes and links, are available at theaudiopodcast.co.uk forward slash show forward slash 79. And you can also keep up to date on things at the website and at the audio podcast Twitter account. And have I missed anything there? No, that was absolutely fantastic, Adam. I feel partially redundant. I all, I always feel like I go through that and then I've missed one or, or two yeah. vital bits. But anyway, so that that's the situation. Um, I have been and continue to be Adam Yanch, hopefully for next week. Fantastic stuff. And I'm Scott Hewitt, and this has been episode 79 of the Audio Podcast. Yeah.